planning for when we were open and, and world domination, really. <laughs> <I> mean, <laughs> Hello and welcome to Root and Bone, the podcast where we find chefs, cooks, critics, writers and anyone else we'd like to meet from UK's food culture and persuade them to invite us over. We ask them to cook the meal that means the most to them. And while they cook, we talk about food, about life, about anything that comes up. It's always a huge privilege to have a guest on this podcast because it's a lot to ask of somebody. It takes a while to record, normally a couple of hours, sometimes longer, and the guest has to actually cook while we talk and they've got a mic clipped to them and we keep asking them questions. And, and so we're very grateful to every guest who gives us their time. But when that guest is as celebrated, as in-demand and as skilled a chef as Simon Rogan, it's a very rare treat indeed. In case you're not familiar, Simon Rogan is a chef, a restaurateur, a cookbook author, a businessman and an all-round ambassador for the unique brilliance of UK food. His flagship restaurant Long Clume, which opened 19 years ago in Cumbria, instantly became world famous after his use of forage local ingredients and rare plants and herbs changed the way a lot of people think about our native flavours. If you're a fan of The Trip with Steve Coogan and Rob Bryden, the very first meal in episode one, season one, is at Long Clean. Simon invited us to Owlis, which is his new London restaurant in Soho, in May earlier this year, to cook a little something, to talk about how you manage an empire and why it's getting harder and harder for people to steal his knives. I hope you enjoy it as much as we did. First off is like, where are we? Where are we sitting right now? Where are we? Um, we're in the um, development space of Aulis in, um, in Soho. Okay. So um, the first Aulis was in, in Cartmel. So six seats. So it was basically designed as a development space where people could eat um, as well. And basically they're the first people to try the new dishes before they go on the menu at Long Clue. So a development kitchen that's open to the public. Exactly. On a exactly. Basis. So you know you've got all the equipment around you, all our, all our toys, and the actual menus cooked right in front of you. Um, and there's a lot of explanation from from chefs, so the guys that know how or when and whatever how how things have come to be. Basically, the provenance, you know, the ethos. So it's really interesting to the to the foodie if you like, um, and it was really, really popular. So we decided to do the same thing when we opened Roganic down here, we decided to do the same thing um, coinciding with an Aulis in Soho. So this is basically the, the, the development hub for Roganic before, before they uh, went on the menu. Okay, I love the idea of being able to eat in somewhere like this in a bit. And like, without being kind of Pejorative, you must have got some absolutely mental food nerds wanting to come in and, and, and like experience that. That's people who almost know as much as you do about what's going on. Right? Yeah, pretty much. And we do emphasise the fact they are finished dishes. They're not in development because there's so many, when you're sat around a development table, there's so many people who want to give you, well, is this on the menu yet? Well, no, it's not got on the menu. Well, they'll give you their opinion of, of like how they think it is. I thought it maybe needed a little bit of this or that. And uh, we sort of, uh, well, thank, thank you for your feedback, but <laughs> we, they, they are actually finished dishes and we're very proud of them. Just the fact that they haven't gone on the menu yet in, in any of the restaurants. So yeah, it's, it's very subjective, sort of people in your face, sort of experience, very personal. Um, but 
same people love it. Do you then need a pre-development kitchen before something <laughs> yeah. like this to get them right before you put them in the test space? Well, I suppose you do, really. But um, no, I mean, you know, we don't. We, we try not to get anything wrong. You know, things are developed over quite a period of time, and we make sure that you know they're tickety boo before they they're t- tested out on any customer. Obviously, like any other quality establishment. So, you know, uh, on on the whole, we get it right. So it's not not an issue. And presumably, that's. When in the normal world, all restrictions aside, mm. that's presumably like a pretty that's a pretty exclusive experience, isn't it? Because it's quite hard to get a table at most of your other restaurants. You know, in my yeah. personal experience, especially now um, because of staycation and uh, the uncertainty of what the future holds, mm. uh, all the restaurants have booked up pretty quickly, and uh, Aulis in Soho is no different, and it's it's pretty much. Uh, impossible now to get a table for the rest of the year. Although people do drop out, so you can always try. Oh, you can always be lucky. And at the moment, obviously, we there, there's still a rule of six, right? So yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, until that gets lifted, we can only serve six people in here. We can actually serve eight. Um, so as soon as we know that those two spaces are allowed to be relinquished, then we've got two more seats to sell. But unfortunately, there's a waiting list for them as well. Yeah, so, I'm not surprised, uh, <laughs> mate. So, um, yeah, it's, it's, it's pretty, pretty manic for the, for the rest of the year, unfortunately. The, um, the, the nature of kind of doing something like that, to all intents and purposes, if, you sit, if obviously all six people kind of have to book together, right? Or no, do you, you could get one no, seat here. No, okay. you can get one seat in here. But do people tend to kind of come? We get a lot of ones. Get a lot of ones. They're the food nerds. Right. Yeah, they're the ones that are like really absolutely passionate about this concept and they want to get under the skin of the chef and, and really understand how, how something's constructed. So it's very, very popular for foodies that travel all over the world. It's getting, uh, you know, a lot, a lot of people like that. So it's a bit tricky filling it up then because obviously you need to sell another one or three. Yeah. Um, but normally, it normally works. So, um, yeah. And, you know, and how long does that experience take? Like if you're in well, the... Because you're taking care of everything, right? It's yeah, wine, yeah. selection, the whole thing. It's an evening. It's two and a half, three hours, you know, round about that time. It used to be longer, but, you know, I think you've got to follow your own eating habits. So I used to eat long... Uh, eat long intricate menus and really, you know, sort of explore, explore it and, you know, not worried about how long it took. Um, but now I'm impatient as hell. So you know, I want to go into, 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 a, into a restaurant. I don't want to f- lose the will to live. Um, <laughs> so my attention span now is two, two and a half hours. So that reflects basically in the, the menu structure as it is at the moment, especially in London. Um, Long Clean's a different kettle of fish because people want to go there and they want to spend the whole night there. Um, and it's your table, you've got it from half past six, you know, till whenever you finally go out the door. So, you know, that, that's a real special experience where it is, you know, it's a real magical village and, you know, a beautiful location. It's, and is, is that still night. like the sort of the, the lodestone for you? Is Long Clean still the, the, the place from which well, it all kind of radiates out? It's the flagship. Out? Yeah, I mean, yeah, it's the flagship. It's the centre of everything. Well, to be quite honest, the farm is the centre of ev- everything now. Yeah. You know, whatever we do resonates from there. So, you know, Cartmel, I suppose, as an entity, is, is, is the, is, is the centre of everything. Um, see London, we've got Hong Kong, we've got some other interesting projects. I mean, we're going to be opening on 
two new continents that we don't actually operate at the moment coming up, which right. I can't tell you at the moment, but... Well, there's only that, five, so it kind of narrows it down. It'll be announced soon. Um, we've got other opportunities. So we're, we're expanding out in Asia as well. So there's... there's although we've been in a lockdown, yeah. um, we've been really, really busy, not only with the Simon Rogan at home meals, which have just gone completely berserk uh, and continue to do so, um, planning for when we were open and, and world domination, really. <laughs> <laughs> so, like, a particularly a concept like this, like where we're sitting right now, so this is probably, you probably actually know the dimensions of it, but this is probably yeah. no more than like it's not big, 12 is it? feet wide. It's not this big. Is, we're in one yeah. shop front in a Soho alley, yeah. not to do the place down or anything, yeah, yeah. but this is like a capsule fine dining restaurant. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You could put one of these in the space the size of a shipping container you could. in any city in the world that, would, that you would want to open in or, would, or that would have you. How do you know we haven't had that idea? And what are we looking at? What have we got going on well, here? Well, we're doing... We're do, going to do a little quick snack, a little quick flatbread. So um, it's a um, flatbread made with a potato ferment. Uh, so we're going to fry that um, in some clarified butter and some, yeah. some oil. Nice and crispy. You know, nice, nice, nice and caramelized, and then we're going to make a, a cod row emulsion. Cod row emulsion. We're going to make a cod row <laughs> emulsion, um, like nice smoky uh, cream to, to to spread over it, um, and then we've got some grated egg yolk, um, some trout roe which has been marinated in ponzu. Um, some grated lemon zest, and we've got all these lovely little shoots and flowers. Which uh, I, I picked from the farm at 5.30 this morning. Yeah, no, yeah. I told you that, didn't I? I picked it last night. I would have, I would have believed okay, it. You could have yeah. told me you'd gone in on the windowsill. I, I did actually I would believe pick you. it. It was the last thing I did last night. I just really couldn't be bothered to go to the farm at the crack of dawn this morning before I got on the train to come down here. So they are as fresh as you can, as fresh as they can be, but uh, a little train journey involved. But I've had them in a nice uh, fridge with some some uh, wet tissue over it, so they're nice and fresh. So what's yeah. a potato ferment to start with? So you're using the potato juice and fermenting it to use as the, the, the yeast oh, to, to give it the okay. raisin agent, yeah. yeah. And what quality does that kind of impart as opposed to, say, just doing like a regular nice sourdough? Nice and tangy, nice. Yeah, same as a sourdough, it's okay. just another way. Like for instance, the one at Long Clume is, uh, we have a, I don't know if you've probably seen it, been to Long Clume, but we have an apple tree in the garden. The apples taste like shit. I mean, they're, they're not very nice. <laughs> but that formed the basis of our sourdough ooh, uh, about 15 years ago. Right. So that sourdough has been obviously constantly fed and it originates from that horrible apple tree in our garden, which is obviously great for, for a sourdough. Well, it's paying its so, way, right? Yeah, I mean, there's all sorts of, you know, we, we've made one with grapes before, and all, all sorts of different ferments. So, you know, it's inspired by... I mean, I've got quite a, a, a love of, of Eastern European... I've got a love of Eastern Mediterranean food. Yeah. Um, I started off in a Greek restaurant in Southampton. So, um, you know, I spent three, three or four years of my real early days, you know, cooking souvlaki and dolmathes and galeftigo moussaka. Yeah. So I love that style of food. Oh, um, me too, man. And I've, I've always... Although, obviously, we we're very... Uh, what we do now, it, people you know, relate us to. Um, I do like all sorts of foods. Asian being another one. 
which is great, as we have two restaurants in Hong Kong. Um, but I've always sort of kept in contact with this, this Eastern Mediterranean sort of food. And funnily enough, I went to, I did a, we, we did a little event um, in Riyadh uh, last year, two, two years ago, two, just before lockdown. And um, it really opened my eyes out, up again to that region and the food. It, it, it's, you know, the, you, think, you think there's not much to it, but when you really delve into that region, yeah. I mean, it's, Amazing, it's incredible. Yeah. There's, there's all these dishes that I've, I've learned and, and, and found which, which are incredible. So, um, yeah, maybe uh, that's the next restaurant. You never know. Wow. I, I, lived, I lived in Saudi Arabia for a year when I was yeah. a kid. Well, it's an um, amazing place. It's an amazing place. And um, there are amazing people, you know. Um, and, uh, yeah, it's, what's going on there is, is, is crazy. So, Well, let's get into it then. Yeah. Let's right. have a look. So we've got the, the flatbread, um, which will, we've got enough for about four there. So I don't know if you want to roll one out yourself, actually. Yeah. How long did that kind of, how long has that been sitting there as itself? How long um, has it been in its little? Well, it's been sat there about, <laughs> well, since <laughs> I've been here. Um, so we made the dough yesterday. Right, so you just want to roll it out. Just sort of. Pan size? Pan, pan size, yeah. Pan yeah, size. Nice and All easy. Right. I'll try and keep the bits of tissue paper out of it. Yeah. That might have been me. This one. Perfect circle is always really hard. It is to achieve. You know when you watch people making tortillas, like proper kind of um, Mexican tortilla, just constantly Go, rotating it. Like give a, you a little bit of flour. Like a like a DJ, they like, a, like spin it a degree, like every single time they touch it. There we go. Oh, this is amazing. Just, well, there's lots of people now, kind of milling about. Helping me with things. Someone's just a brick, someone's just given me like a pot of flour silently and very discreetly. I might add. Um, right. Can we just some of that? See, this will be probably the first time I've like worked for a meal on this podcast. Um, That's someone, right. You're doing, you're doing very well. Someone, there. someone let me chop an onion once, but then quietly chopped <laughs> it again <laughs> after right. I'd finished. So, how many people have you got working for you now? Would you say? Oh, um, in Cartmouth, we've probably got 150 at the moment. And we've got uh, Henrock, which is just up the road in Bowness. Is, is that just open? Uh, well, yeah. Or sort of. It like feels like it's pandemic, like just, it feels pandemic like we just opened. I mean, we, we, we opened it and then the pandemic hit and then we reopened it and then the pandemic it was obviously the second lockdown. So it seems like it's been a real stop-starty sort of experience. Um, but uh, yeah, I'm really excited about that this year, to be quite honest. And is that, is a, is that a partnership with a venue, or a hotel? Or it's, is it within yours? A hotel, it's within a hotel called Limpway House, which is like a, a beautiful, soon to be five star hotel. Right. A lot of investments happened um, with it. Um, the rooms are amazing. And we control the whole food and beverage operation. So it's not just lunch and dinner, we do breakfast, we do afternoon tea. Uh, we do do functions, weddings, and stuff like that. So stop me anytime, yeah, by the way. That's perfect, actually. So excellent. Just get that hot. Um, yeah. So it's the whole experience, and um, what 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 I like about that is the it's quite unlike all the other restaurants, whereas anything goes. So it's more it's more like food inspired by travels. So we go to obviously Asia quite a lot, uh, either Mediterranean, Arabic. 
Greek, so there's a bit more Spanish. There's a bit more diversity on Everything. that menu. The kind of yeah, but and, still and all coming goes, from the farm. Yeah, yeah. The, the, the raw materials, the, the the basic stuff comes from the farm. And so we use all the, the herbs and flowers and and stuff that that we use in all the other restaurants. But it's allowed to use, you know, foreign words. You know, <laughs> <laughs> heaven forbid, um, spices. Yeah, yeah. Foreign yeah. ingredients can can creep in there. Um, so it's it's quite exciting to me to be able to like where well, it's got. There's no shackles, and you can just put, cook, on, put on whatever cook you what like. You want. So a little bit of rapeseed oil in there. So okay, so we got that. a frying pan full of butter, yeah. rapeseed oil, yeah. and imperfect flatbread. It's all right, actually. Um, so uh, you said it was great a minute ago. No, it's all Jesus. right. Jesus. Okay. <laughs> so while we're doing that, we'll keep an eye on that. Thanks. So we'll and then we'll make the uh, the cod row emulsion. So you got the cod row here. And has anything know. been done to that? It's no, not been just, smoked it's, or... Yeah, smoked cordro, sorry. Smoked yeah. cordro, okay. Yeah. So, just going to put that into a little bowl so we can, we can blend it. We've got the oil here. Okay. So what we're going to do is we're going to actually blend the oil. And what oil is it's that? It's grape, grape oil. And I would like say that's probably... It's quite a lot. 100 ml, maybe more of grapeseed oil, and maybe two oh, tablespoons no, full of cod road, maybe no, more. It's probably about 300 ml there. 300 ml, and yeah, yeah, like two fat tablespoons of just watch that. cod road. And so that's going to be very, that's be quite a thin, um, uh, quite a thin emulsion. Or is that going no, to thicken gonna up is, like a mayo? Yeah, we'll say we're going to um, liquidize the cod road into the oil now. Okay. Um, it will split. So we're gonna we're gonna pass so then pass the oil, capturing the the solids. Yeah. And then we're gonna re-emulsify the oil with the solids and the egg. Wow. So okay. get, getting a real like getting all the flavour out of that cod row into, into the oil. How's my flatbread? That smells really good. Looks really nice actually. So what you can do you can actually bend this for me if you like. Okay. Give that a good. Uh, Lowest setting. That's it. Okay. This is way more responsibility than I've ever been given. There you go. Not just in the kitchen, but in my <laughs> entire personal life. <laughs> um. Okay, that'll do, yeah. Excellent. So now. So we're left with something now with this oil in this row that essentially looks a little bit like a kind of strawberry smoothie, right? We've got a very pale pink. I suppose yeah, it does look a thin. bit like a strawberry smoothie, yeah, actually. Okay, thank you very much. And then we're going to pass this through. Now I never know. This is a chinois. Chinois, thank you. Chinois, fine chinois. So you're going to pass that through there. So then you're left with the the row infused oil. Wow. But we're going to keep the keep the solids because we'll then add that to the eggs and then blitz the oil back into the into the eggs and the yolk. Where did this codro come from? You're not smoking it on the farm then? No, no. Uh, Corbel. So when generally for given the amount of care and the amount of um, control that you've got over the kind of ingredient journey for so yeah. many of your restaurants. Yeah. Presumably, getting on your supplier list is a tricky thing to do, right? You vet everything to the nth degree. Like, but is it is it quite hard sometimes to find the things that you want that you can't grow or that you can't? 
um, get from elsewhere because you're because it's so kind of intrinsic to the sort of to the story of, of what you do. Yeah, well, obviously, um, long claim is, is fairly easy, really. I mean, we we stick to those rules. So if we can't grow it on the farm, we don't we don't we don't basically use it. Um, and then we've got lots lots of supplies around us for um, protein, meat proteins, and and, and 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 fish and whatnot. Unfortunately, some we still still do get a lot of stuff from um, Cornwall because um, that's where the, the fish supplies are yeah. uh, these days, and uh, you know things are dwindling in the northwest as well. So, but your you know, standards for that kind of thing, presumably, are still incredibly high. So. Yeah, I mean, yeah, we, we search out the best suppliers. Um, but we, we don't really have that many. I mean, down here is a little bit different because Roganic and Aulis, we can draw on, on ingredients from the whole of the UK. And it's not, it's not just Cumbria-centric, whereas Cartmel is obviously very, very, very different. So, yeah, we, we don't really have that much. And then I suppose what is difficult is when I walk into these into my restaurants and, and trying to keep a, a, a track of everything. That, that, you know, that is really, re really difficult. So, well, that's what I mean. I'm always curious about how, when, for someone, and I'm just making this assumption because obviously this is all born out of you having a very fine control over yeah. all kinds of very specific details from the beginning. Yeah. How do you manage that urge to want to sort of know exactly what's going on with everything, with the fact that you're only in one place at once? Well, it used to be the case where I made it my uh, my mission to know everything, but it's it is impossible. Now. Right, you would go absolutely bananas <laughs> if you try to think about, you know, every every little detail. Sometimes I think, like, you know, God, I didn't. I, no one tells me anything, but then I think, well, why would they? Yeah, yeah, you know, yeah. I, I'm, 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 I'm so busy, and I'm, I'm predominantly, you know, I'm, I'm still at the stove at Long Clue, basically. You know, really? I'm, I'm trying to be, I'm, I'm trying, I'm trying to be, you know, doing all these, all these things worldwide, but I'm at, the, I'm at my happiest at the stove or at the pass. Well, I say at the stove, that's probably a bit of an exaggeration, actually. <laughs> yeah, I, I, I can sense a chef that actually is at the past slightly going, no, he isn't. Yeah. I don't cook a thing, obviously. <laughs> I, I, I've got, you know, you just look at my hands. I've got no right, burns, yeah. you know, I've got yeah. no cuts. I don't cut anything. So you're saying you just hover over the poor soul's shoulder all the time? I am. I'm just putting the finishing touches to pay. I'm doing the easy bit. Right. You know, the, the really easy bit. But, you know, that's... And that right? Yeah. Uh, you know, now, but you so. still like being in there, kind of in the in the in the heat of service, and and yeah, where it's well, all happening. Yeah, well, there's 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 still things at Long Clume that, you know, I'm 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 yet to achieve, you know. So, you know, so I want to be there. And what's going on now? Right. So, so we got, we've got the egg in there now. Um, so, basically, if you want to. So the egg yolk, or was that egg white? Egg yolk and egg white. And what, something had happened to those yolks. They looked like little, were they cured or dried or? I've, I've just mixed it with the smoke, smoked uh, row now. So okay. if you want to turn that on. Yeah. I'm going to re-emulsify the oil back in. Give it a shake. Oh yeah. That's it. Keep giving it a shake so you get it all. It's a bit like making a mayonnaise, basically. Okay, keep going. Okay. I'm gonna pour an old, uh, old uh, yeah. 
I'll so give, I'll give, I'm fucking this up, basically. Yeah. I'll give it a bit of welly. Okay. Uh, whoa, 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 hold your horses. <laughs> slowly, slowly. Okay, there you go. And just a trickle. Yeah, just a trickle, please, yeah. Stay when? Keep going. Just a, just a, yeah, just keep it going like that, that's it. It's starting to thicken nicely. Yeah. And now this is, starting, a this is starting to look like um, the colour of Paramasalata. Yeah, well, that's what it is in, a, in effect. Yeah, it's getting nice and thick now. There you go. Call that a date. That looks beautiful. All right, so uh, okay. a good little taste if you want. Yeah, I'll that. So... We've got our oil, we've got egg white, we've got egg yolk, we've got the roe. And it's all been emulsified. Yeah, so... I didn't notice you seasoning that much, presumably well, it it's salty need to. as hell, right? Yeah, it shouldn't need to. If you want to taste, you can taste Thank the seasoning you. for me. It might need a little touch, you never know. Wow. That is delicious. Is it alright? Is it alright for... I think right for so. Salt? Yeah. But... Well, I'm, I'm a bit of a, I'm, I am renowned as a little bit of a salt monster. Um, so I've always been curious about this, right? Do you think it's possible that over a lifetime of, of tasting, that you end up a bit blunted to salt? Because um, the only time I've ever eaten stuff that seemed really oversalted to me was in a fine dining situation. Okay. And I always just wondered if it's like, can you, can you basically become the, a little bit immune? The difference, well, for me, the difference between, you know, um, average and greatness is the seasoning right, right to the limit. Yeah. So I do push it. <laughs> you know, for me, salt, acid, umami, those three things, if you can cram them to, into a dish, I'm happy, you know. But do you have to do anything to kind of take care of your palate? in order to make sure that you're not, like, um, kind of, yeah. I mean, is it, do, you, do you look after it like a pianist looks after their, their hands? Or like when you're not working, is it like, you um, know? I think my palate's all right, to be quite honest. Although, once again, you know, if I'm not sure about something, I'll ask Paul, do you think this is salty? I'll get a second opinion. If I'm not quite sure, I'll get a second opinion. More often he goes, no, it's that's got enough salt in it. It's like, <laughs> um, you sort of trust your palate, but you also want to get a second opinion. Cool. Right. So where are we at? We've got our cooked right. So we've got our bread. bread. Yeah. So that's cooked nicely. So we'll just get that onto the over to the board. chopping board. Um, so I'm going to spread it first. I'm going to spread it first. <laughs> so we get a nice. Big dollop of that on there. Now we'll smear it on. Oh, were you going to do it with you? Uh, I'm going to get all fancy and do, do it with a piping bag. Do it with a piping bag, but no, I'm going to. It's a podcast, mate. You can yeah. just tell people that you've piped it and I'll back you up. Yeah. It's fine. I want to get loads of it. I love this stuff. Um, so I want to get loads of it on there anyway. Okay. So I would say that that is a very generous layer of our, <laughs> of our, smoked, layer. our smoked cod yeah, yeah. emulsion. Um, so next, and then I've got these lovely um, egg yolks that have been cured in salt. So you see that? So that is about, that is a kind of a opaque 
egg yolk that's about the size of a gobstopper that is, to all intents and purposes, like quite solid, quite, exactly, quite yeah. rubber, and you're gonna, you're gonna, you're gonna, oh, okay, yeah. and that's being microplaned over like the that. top. So, it's again, generous amount of this lovely salty egg. And what do you think the egg yolk, what's the kind of egg yolk doing in this sort well, of combo? In essence, it's seasoning it, it's giving it another like, little texture on top of that lovely soft roe. And is there a deliberate sort of visual correlation between these little gratings of the egg yolk? I mean, they, these look in, these basically look like smaller row a little bit. Yeah, you know what I mean? yeah. Normally, I mean that would be quite attractive in itself, but I'm just about to pile a load of herbs over it. So, <laughs> on this occasion, well, it's mainly a, a, a textural and a flavour sort of uh, purpose okay. on there. And I've got this lovely marinated eggs, which have been marinated in ponzu. And for those who don't know, although probably most of the people listening to this do, uh, tell me a little bit about ponzu. Oh, I love it. Um, well, I mean, what's the flavour? Where is it from? Yeah, so it's got like a nice smoke, smoke, smoky acidity to it. Oh yeah. man, that is just the um, that is the smell of yeah. Japanese food. So once again, <laughs> yeah, the ponzu. Thank you. You know, nice smoky acidity, another layer of flavour on, on on top of that lovely um, emulsion with the with the with the egg, but. To get a lovely textural thing where it's like popping in your mouth yeah, as well. Yeah, yeah. And how time. long did those eggs sit in that ponzu? Um, hour, about an hour. Okay. Okay, then we'll just a little bit of fresh lemon rind. Look at that, just gives that fresh citrus zing. So I love that, it's acidity. It's like nice and fresh with it as well. So yeah, I would say another kind of well, I'm going to say like several hundred Ponzi marinated fish eggs <laughs> and the zest of like maybe a quarter of a lemon's worth of zest. Yeah, I think I cut that now, so before I put the herbs on. Divided into four. We're going to have a discussion about this yeah. kitchen knife in a minute, which will be separate. <laughs> it's not mine. <laughs> so don't ask me about it. That's uh, all right. Uh, and then... Um, I'm going to put them... Then we're plating that up. And then there's a bowl of, I'm terrible at this stuff, I can't even begin to guess, a very colourful looking bowl of like herbs and flowers, but I'm gonna have to get you to tell me what they are. Yeah. Well, what have we got here? Um, there's a bit of chrysanthemum, there's a bit of chickweed, there's a bit of uh, mustard cress, a bit of sorrel. I mean, the, the, the farm at the moment that we have um, obviously up in and the lakes which supplies all our produce up there I, I love this time of year because it's, it's really starting to come to life um, I don't eat at this level very often yeah. I certainly don't eat at like long clean level mm. very often but when I have done you know, before my daughter was born, basically, we had a bit more money and a bit more time, right? And, and I used to try and hit as many sort of hot spots as I could, which wasn't that often, but the, um, quite a few of the places that I ate at, and this would have been like kind of 15 years ago, there would, you know, when we got to go somewhere really fancy, there was a real, not necessarily intentional, but there was quite, it was quite an intimidating experience mm. to do that. Yeah, yeah. You know, and you feel, albeit maybe it's like internally, that you're being marked as 
as a as a one timer. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? You're clocked by the Maitre D as a uh, tourist. I know exactly the side restaurant. Yeah, yeah. About, yeah. And um, and this and the service is almost you know. It feels like the service mildly communicates your status to you, mm. and you feel a bit intimidated, basically. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Uh, at Longclume, and again, I'm not saying this to kind of flatter you. The, the maitre d' for the evening, whose name I can't remember, um, was did he, that. Was he English? That he was me, English. That would tell me when it was. Yes, actually, he was English. So it was so it's Sam. He sounded local or relatively. Sam. Yes, he is. Yeah, he's now the MD of the company. There yeah. we go. Yeah. Um, but he clocked us as obviously as as, as kind of yeah. tourists, but went out of his way to sort of say, look, obviously there's gonna be, you know, and like if you've ever eaten at Long Clume, if you're lucky enough, you've been listening to ever eat at Long Clume, it is a it's a it's a machine. There are people coming and going. You know, I've never seen so many people involved in this in the delivery of a yeah. single course from pass to table. Yeah. That people literally choreographed kind of well, hovering. There's about, 20, there's about 20 courses, you know, so that's 40 trips to the table. Yes. Yeah. Straight away. No, no, you know, let alone the, the cutlery changes and the wine or the pairing changes. There's there's a lot of trips. And 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 you would have thought that in a fairly rarefied setting like Long Clean. That level of kind of detail and orchestration and whatever would have made it more intimidating. Mm. But the pains that were taken mm. to make sure that we just felt like we were, you know, we could, you know, we could chat with the staff, yeah. you know, and it was relaxed. You know, the private dining room, not that it was that private, had a whole Arabic family with like 12 kids of different ages running around with like extra sketches <laughs> and iPads. I'll probably and, remember them. And it was, a, and, <laughs> and it was, and it was, it was really much more of a chilled yeah. experience. And I went, yeah. my question, very long way to get around to it, but is, do you, are you very conscious of people not wanting to feel like that when they come into that place? Absolutely. You know, we've always wanted our restaurant to be friendly, accessible. We want people to really enjoy themselves. I'm from a working class family, you know. I didn't really have much when I was a young kid. My, my parents didn't have much. So I want everyone to be able to experience what we do um, and not feel intimidated. So that, that sort of uh, ethos is just as important as the food, really. Really knowledgeable, but friendly, experience where you know people people are paying a lot of money right to come and eat in our restaurant we want them to have the best time ever so you know, having a restaurant with that sort of atmosphere is is very important to us there's something we always ask people that who are guests on this podcast what's the worst customer behavior you've ever seen oh oh there's been a few oh, good um, yeah, excellent there's been a few I mean, the people that need the cut, uh, the cutlery are the, the really. The, I mean, you know, we we have these knives made. Uh, they're 130 pounds each. They're 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 a, a, a meat knife. Um, obviously, got the little um, anvil in, um, etched onto them, like um, walnut handles. Really, really expensive. I think they're actually 150 now. They've gone up. Um, people steal them. <laughs> we know they've still. We know we know you've stolen one, but like you can't actually say, you know, like where's where's the night? And you know, the, the staff now are, are really trained to sort of make sure they know exactly. They they can they can say beyond any reasonable doubt that that person has slipped that knife or fork into into their handbag, 
as a memento because right. they're expensive. Yeah. I mean, people like thinking the, men, the, the amount you lose each year adds up to a small fortune. Yeah, you know? right. So people, that, I mean, that's that's one end. Of, that's the low end of the spectrum. Yeah. I mean, there's people that have done some really bad things, like you know, I, I don't know, from taking a fire extinguisher out of a out of a, um, a corridor and started letting it off in their bedrooms. We have 16 letting rooms, got a bit drunk and started having a, a fire extinguisher fight. We've had, uh, we've had, so let, let, let's just say we've had couples that have met to get, met each other over the night in the restaurant and ended up in each other's rooms. And yeah, the sort of stuff you get in normal hotels, really. We, 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 we I don't think we're unusual there. But yeah, it's, it's a surprise what, what people get up to. You ever had to throw anyone out? Once, yeah, once. There was one guy that was really rude, um, you know, and uh, he told me to f off. So uh, I, <laughs> I uh, said, right, get out. <laughs> you know, for the neck. Yeah, the I don't think he knew who I was actually. So he, he was complaining about meal, and he was just he was a complete ass, and uh, and he didn't have any 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 grounds for his complaint. It was totally. He was just being an idiot. So he said, both, well, you, you know, I've spoken to you, you give me my explanation, now I F off. And I went, right, <laughs> get up. And I marched him out of the restaurant, much to the, to the enjoyment of the whole, the full restaurant who clapped because oh, he, was, nice. what a he, moment. Was, he was ruining their evening. So, so once, yes, I have. That's not bad. It's not bad. It's not bad over the years. Not Shall we sit down and eat this thing? Yeah, can we? Yeah. yeah, sorry. Too much talk, not enough flatbread. So we're so, looking yeah. at this finished so thing that, now. And then we're just going to finish it with um, a little bit of rapeseed oil, grab a bit of oil on there. And then, because uh, you've got all those unseasoned shoots on there now and flowers. Oh, yeah, it's not like there's nothing, there's nothing salty on there already. You've got a little bit of salt. There you go. Some... You've got to compensate. It was salty enough, but then you've added flowers to it and, and herbs. So now you've got to compensate for that and... Uh, you know, there you go. Well then, Begin. I think what we should probably do is um, we'll uh, get that bottle of wine. And so our good friends at Orange Wine uh, knew that you're going to cook this dish or something like it right, and, yeah. and picked something that Fine. they think will go with it. Oh, okay. Um, and uh, what have we got here? We've got Silvana 2019, um, natural wine, no sulfates. The label is written in French, so I'm yeah. not going to try and describe uh, exactly what it is. Uh, it's from Christophe Lindenlaub, and I guess they just picked this because they thought it was going to go well with these kind of smoky, nice. salty flavours. Yeah. Uh, but the proof's in the pudding, right? Yeah. Um, but uh, yeah, let's try it and see if it goes. Are we off the plate? We just go, We're yeah, right. pizza oh, style. Right. Yeah. So if anything, this resembles, from a visual point of view, essentially a kind of incredibly beautiful pizza. Yeah. Right, so this is cut up into does, yeah, yeah. This is cut into two. This is cut into eight. Mm. All right. So let's see. Oh man. See, it's that inch of uh, smoked cod roe and mulch, and that's uh, that's the thing that's done it. Jeez, that is <laughs> amazing. Well, personally, I think it's the flatbread that's carrying it, but yeah, it's, just me. it's expertly uh, caramelised. I have to say, nice, um, nice thickness, nice shape. You've done well there. So that is obviously. So that's a really 
salty, smoky flavour, and then that little kick from the ponzu. Got the lemon zest in there as well. I'm really lifting it. Oh man, that's absolutely delicious. Mm. Oh my god, that's the first thing I've eaten all day. It's so easy. Oh, because yeah, some of these ingredients, the the roe and the ponzu, are not everyday stuff, but. You can get them on, you can buy anything on, online now, right? So uh, if you set your mind to it, you'll get it. Good de delicatessens. Um, but yeah, fairly easy to do. So what do you think of the wine? It's absolutely delicious. It's nice, isn't it? Absolutely delicious, yeah. Because that's almost got, I'm terrible when it comes to kind of wine and stuff, but the, that, some, that natural wine has that sort of fermented sort of side, yeah, side exactly. of the undertone. Exactly, to it, right? yeah. Yeah, fermented. You're right. Yeah, that funky smell. A real twang to it, which is which is great. You know what? I think this sort of this being able to fit a kitchen like this into this space, some some billionaire is going to ring you and say, "Can you just slot one of these into my well, house?" Funny enough, we get or, or into a yacht. Can you just drop one of these onto the deck of a yacht? The one in um, the one in Hong Kong. Um, that just that happens, you know. Um, really? Yeah, we get people like groups in there. So someone that hires the whole thing. You get like billionaires flying in from Taiwan, from Shanghai, you know, and the number of people, number of them that have said like, "You have to bring this," and I like, give us a little cards like, "Give me a ring. We'll we'll open an owl list, don't we?" We get owl requests for owl lists in Taiwan and Shanghai and stuff like that because it's a great concept, you know, and it's. I think it's quite easily done. But now that's, that's delicious, that one. Well, cheers. Thank to, you. Uh, make a note of that. Um, well, I guess, you know, uh, in the cheesy podcast style, all that remains for me to say is thanks very much for kind of cooking this dish for us today, for Root and Bone. Thanks, being, no thanks for being a guest. No, thanks for looking after fun. us so well. It's been fun. It's been a massive pleasure. And thank you very much. Well, yeah, thank you for coming. And uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it. Thank you very much. Cheers. Cheers. Although that's not the first episode we've released this season, it's actually the first one we recorded earlier this year and what a way to open. After months and months of no restaurants and lockdown and all those other kind of privations, we found ourselves in a fancy restaurant that only seats eight people at a time. It was open just for us and a Michelin-starred tribute to Greek cuisine was prepared by one of the UK's, maybe the world's greatest chefs. Thank you again to Simon and his team at Aulis for being such gracious hosts and for feeding us so very well. Thank you to Orange Wines for the natural white. See the link on our Instagram if you'd like to try it. And thanks to you for joining us. If you liked or even didn't like what you've been listening to, maybe you want the recipe for the flatbread, or you've got anything else you'd like to share, get in touch on our social channels at Root and Bone in all the usual places. And please like and subscribe if you feel so inclined. See you next time. <laughs>